sound familiar? If your baby is going through another bout of bad diaper rash, then you need to give Dr. Mom Butt Balm a try. It was created by a mom who's also a doctor. When my kids were little, I remember using this thick, goopy cream to help soothe their sensitive skin. Ugh, it was so difficult to wipe off. Not with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. You only need a small amount, and it's really easy to apply and remove. It's also free of dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide, so it's gentle on your baby's delicate skin. Help your baby feel better and get relief from irritating diaper rash with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. Look for it on Amazon and Walmart.com. Gassy, fussy, grumpy babies. What is a mom to do to help soothe her baby's aching tummy? And what is the difference between normal infant gas versus reflux or GERD? Today, I'm thrilled to introduce our expert, Katherine Watson-Jenna, an international board certified lactation consultant in private practice in New York City. She is also the author of multiple lactation books and a popular speaker on infant sucking skills. Breast milk, it does a baby good. Silly daddy, boobs are for babies. I make milk, what's your superpower? If my breastfeeding offends you, put a blanket over your head. Dairy diva, don't be lactose intolerant. Nursing nature's own breast enhancement. Meals on heels. Whoever said there's no use crying over spilled milk, never had to pump. Breast milk, all udders are inferior. Whatever your point of view, we're here to support your breastfeeding goals. We're the boob group, because mothers know breast. Welcome to The Boob Group, broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. The Boob Group is your weekly online on-the-go support group for all things related to breastfeeding. I'm your host, Robin Kaplan. I'm also an international board-certified lactation consultant and owner of the San Diego Breastfeeding Center. Thanks to all of our loyal listeners who have joined The Boob Group Club. Our members get all of our archived episodes, bonus content after each new show, plus special giveaways and discounts. Subscribe to our monthly newsletter for a chance to win a membership to our club each month. Another way for you to stay connected is by downloading our free app available in the Android and iTunes marketplace. So today we are joined in the studio by two lovely panelists. Ladies, will you please introduce yourselves? Hi, my name is Jenna Jordan Ikuda and I'm 24. I work with children with special needs here in the San Diego area as a Navy contractor. I have one daughter and her name is Scarlett and she's four months old. Hi, I'm Liz Hampton. I'm 36 years old. I'm a stay-at-home mom to two daughters, two little girls, um, ages three and six months. Wonderful. And we also have our brand new producer, MJ, um, in the studio as well. So MJ, would you like to introduce yourself as well? Yes, my name is MJ um, Fisher, actually last name. And um, I am um, a mom of a two-year-old boy, Jason, just a starting to work with you girls here doing lots of uh, social media so if you all want to join our conversation here we're um, Facebooking and you can ask questions or um, we're tweeting and uh, you're welcome to ask any questions so you can be a part of this topic. Well thanks MJ. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right we'll be right back. Sound familiar? If your baby is going through another bout of bad diaper rash then you need to give Dr. Mom Butt Balm a try. It was created by a mom who's also a doctor. When my kids were little, 
I remember using this thick, goopy cream to help soothe their sensitive skin. Ugh, it was so difficult to wipe off. Not with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. You only need a small amount, and it's really easy to apply and remove. It's also free of dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide, so it's gentle on your baby's delicate skin. Help your baby feel better and get relief from irritating diaper rash with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. Look for it on Amazon and Walmart.com. So we're here with Jacqueline Lawrence, the creator of Colicom and Tummycom. So welcome to our show, Jacqueline. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So can you tell us a little bit about your company? When did Colicom first go on the market and what inspired you to create this product? I'd love to. Yes, it was 10 years ago that my firstborn came into this world uh, screaming and pretty much didn't stop for four months. So our pediatrician called it the worst case of colic which included some reflux that he'd ever seen or heard. And it certainly, you know, seemed like a curse at the time. Uh, It was just terribly devastating to watch him suffer and really not have anything to help him. Um, So I went on a very driven mission to find a solution. And the result was a huge silver lining. (laughs) It was through, you know, serendipity, really, um, that this wondrous combination of what I call Mother Nature's Gifts came together and it's now known as the product Colicom. What is Colicom exactly, and, and how does it help settle babies' digestive issues and upset tummies? Sure. It's a synergistic blend of nine age-old homeopathic remedies, very important to me as a holistic mom, um, to start with the natural, uh, things like chamomile, aloe, ginger, uh, that are known for soothing abilities, and it's the combination uh, that's so unique and so effective. And it usually calms um, digestive systems and even the nervous system in minutes. And it does taste good, too, which is an added relief for everyone. (laughs) Um, And what is is Tommy Calm? This is a new product that you all have, correct? That's true, yes. Well, Colic Calm is perfect for, you know, the common newborn discomfort, including colic, you know, upset stomach, uh, hiccups, teething. Tummy Calm, our newest product, is targeted to quickly relieve primarily gas and bloating in children of all ages. Okay. It just made sense to develop the second product, you know, as our, old ch- our, our own children started getting older, and it's equally amazing for tummy troubles uh, caused by anything from food sensitivities to overindulgence in junk food, <laughs> <laughs> um, even stomach problems brought on by nerves these days. It's pretty tough being a kid, huh? Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> All the pressures. Or is it a different combination of homeopathic remedies then in there? Exactly, exactly. Okay, and I know some lactation consultants don't recommend gripe waters, um, specifically just because they've added sugar and kind of junk mm. stuff in there that aren't good for the baby's gut. So what makes Colic Calm different than these other gripe waters on the market? And gas drops, I should say. Good point. Yes, Colic Calm and Tummy Calm are very different. Um, first of all, they're FDA-regulated over-the-counter medicines. And they're manufactured under the strictest standards for purity and efficacy here in the U.S. And like all homeopathic medicines, uh, they encourage the body to self-heal as opposed to merely suppressing symptoms. And in addition, our products alone are free, as you mentioned, of sugar, baking soda, 
um, synthetic semethicone, artificial flavors and colors. The antispasmodic properties, I believe, are beyond compare in relaxing the digestive system and relieving upward pressure too. So if reflux is the problem, a, a great natural place to start before resorting to pharmaceutical drugs, for instance. That's so wonderful. I know I was checking out your website and I love the little videos about how the digestive system works. I mean, it's very informative. So I hope so. That's our goal. Yeah, it's great. Well, and Thank I do want to mention that um, if our listeners go to tummycom.com, that they can find a $3 off um, coupon for the tummycom. Um, that's really exciting. They can go try it out. And I love that you have the money back guarantee as well. So that way, if for some reason it doesn't work, but I, I know. I right. recommend it a lot as well. Um, our parents seem to have a lot of a lot of good feedback for your company. So thank um, you so much. Yeah, so thank you so much. We really appreciate you being on our show. Lovely to be here. Oh, thank you for spreading the word. So appreciated. Thank you so much. We'll have a wonderful day. You too. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. So today on the Boob Group, we're discussing reflux and GERD in the breastfed baby. Our expert, Catherine Watson-Jenna, is an international board-certified lactation consultant in private practice in New York City. She's also the author of the books Supporting Sucking Skills in Breastfeeding Infants and Selecting and Using Breastfeeding Tools, as well as a wildly popular presenter at lactation conferences around the world. She's also one of my favorite experts in the field of lactation, so I'm super excited to have her on the show. So thanks so much for joining us, Catherine, and welcome. Thank you for having me, Robin. Hi, everybody else. <laughs> Hello. So, Catherine, let's talk normal infant behavior first. What does typical fussiness and gassiness look like for a newborn baby? Okay, well, fussiness, gassiness, and reflux are, are two different things, or three different things. Uh, all babies get fussy when they're overtired or overly hungry um, or overstimulated, and then usually nursing them will, will bring them back to being relaxed or going to sleep or whatever they need. And all babies pass gas sometimes. As long as they don't seem to be unduly uncomfortable, we don't worry about that either. And babies spit up sometimes too. And they think that, you know, from recent studies that about three or four times a day that your average baby will bring up some milk and it's effortless and it doesn't seem to hurt them. It doesn't fly across the room. So that's what seems to be normal for babies. Okay. And Tiffany from Facebook wanted to know, how can you tell the difference between normal infant gassiness and spitting up as well, I guess, um, versus reflux? What are, what are common symptoms of reflux and how are these, and are there symptoms different for silent reflux? Okay. Well, normal reflux is normal. Reflux is just effortless um, spitting up of milk. The milk comes up effortlessly. The little valve at the top of the esophagus, it's called the lower esophageal sphincter, um, sorry, at the top of the stomach, is looser in babies than it is when they grow up. So, And babies also spend a lot of time laying down or sitting up. So every every 
several times an hour, actually, a little bit of milk comes up from the stomach into the esophagus, and three or four times in a day, it'll make it all the way up into the baby's mouth, and the baby will spit it out. That's normal. Um, what isn't normal is a baby who is projectile vomiting, whose vomit is very smelly or, or feels slimy like egg whites. That's not normal, and that's gastroesophageal reflux disease, and that's a different thing. Okay. And so you had mentioned all babies have some sort of degree of reflux due to the way their digestive system is supposed to work at that time. So how long does it take for an infant's digestive system to fully develop? Well, by about eight or nine months, depending on whether the baby's exclusively breastfed or not, um, exclusively breastfed babies seem to grow out of refluxing a little earlier, around seven to eight months. And babies that are mixed fed um, develop you um, stop refluxing somewhere around eight, nine months, up to about 18 months or so. Okay. Um, doctors recommend that if babies are still spitting up n- numerous times a day by 18 months to two years, they get checked for allergies and, and gastroesophageal reflux disease, or GERD for short. Okay. So ladies in our studio, um, how old was your baby when, um, I guess they're both little girls in here, so when she started to get this kind of really fussy and gassy and and what was it that actually concerned you, Jenna? Um, I think she was probably anywhere from two to three weeks when we really started to kind of worry about it. Um, she was extremely fussy and we couldn't figure out what the issue was. Uh, we tried everything in the book and she was really gassy in the very beginning. She ended up having more of dietary issues that I was ingesting, but trying everything and just continuing to make sure that she knew we were there and calming her down was really what helped her fussiness more than anything. And the gassiness. We, we took a few things out of our diet and the gassiness didn't necessarily go away, but it become, it became less of a painful experience for her. Okay. How about you, Liz? Yeah, I noticed it pretty soon. I have an older daughter, so I was, you know, trying to remember back. And it's, you know, at some point I was thinking, this is not normal newborn behavior. I could never put her down. And I could hear, um, so my baby, I believe, has silent reflux. Um, I could hear it coming up in her throat. And so um, I asked the pediatrician about that, but she just cried all the time unless I was holding her very close. Um, So I did a lot of baby wearing around the clock. Um, But around six weeks was when I decided I needed to do something about this. This is definitely not normal behavior. And so I um, started making dietary changes as well. And for us, that was a big factor in it. Um, But we also did have reflux after that. So um, we ended up uh, putting her on um, Zantac for um, six months. And she just has gone off of it. And how's she doing now? She's doing great. As long as I, you know, I'm very diligent about my diet, it's really difficult. Um, um, She's allergic to dairy and soy specifically, we've figured out. So if any little bit of dairy sneaks in, it's just, you know, hours of crying and fussiness. Um, but, um, so unfortunately those slip ups happen every now and again, if you, you know, if you eat out, (laughs) if you eat out exactly, which, you know, we're really, um, we love to cook. We have a big garden at home, but it's impossible, you know, to eat at home a hundred percent of the time, or at least I, you know, find it. (laughs) So, um, it's so hard to have an allergic baby. And actually the research shows that babies who truly have reflux disease, 
it's usually because of allergies. That's amazing. I mean, think about how many babies are sitting here and, you know, not necessarily in our studio, but just that we see every day who are battling this. And, and sometimes these dietary changes can actually, I mean, as you've noticed too, make a huge significant difference in them. Um, Catherine, when, when does a little bit of reflux turn into something more concerning? When there's gut damage. Um, when babies have allergies, even being on reflux medicine won't protect their gut unless we take the allergens away. So both Liz and Jenna did really uh, smart things with uh, trying to examine in their diet what was bothering the baby and taking those things out and, and eliminating those exposures. And we'll, and definitely I want to delve into the, um, to the food intolerance as well in a little bit because that's such a large component of this. Um, what, what would you say, Catherine, are the differences between reflux and GERD? Well, GERD, there's damage. There's damage to the gut. That's what makes it a disease. Refluxing, babies will reflux numerous times an hour, just a little bit past their stomach and several times a day into their mouth or out of their mouth, and that's normal. It's painless. It doesn't do any damage to the baby's esophagus or the baby's stomach. But in GERD, in reflux disease, the baby actually gets injury to the lining of the esophagus or even the lining of their intestines. And um, this is the allergy connection. Okay. Uh, whatever they're allergic to seems to set up a nasty reaction that damages their little, their little body inside. Is it because of the inflammation that's causing that damage or? Yeah, sure. Anytime we have, you know, anytime we have um, an allergic reaction, histamine is released and that causes a whole inflammatory cascade. Exactly. And that can cause the, uh, the gut damage. Okay. And how is GERD diagnosed? Is, there, is it mostly diagnosed by symptoms or is this something that actually needs a diagnostic test? Well, there are, there are several diagnostic tests and not, not all of them agree. So there are things like pH probes where they put a little tube down the baby's nose or mouth into the into the esophagus and they can measure the pH and that's the acidity or alkalinity of what's coming up. Uh, pH probe only picks up um, acid um, reflux, which babies don't make very much stomach acid until they are about six months old, and that's why we don't start solids till six months. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's also something called a multi-channel impedance monitoring, and that uses a, a different type of tube that can pick up gas coming up or acid coming up uh, or mixed reflux. That's, uh, you know, gases and uh, liquids from the, from the stomach coming up together. Okay. Ladies, were, were your babies everly formally diagnosed with anything, um, or was it just something that you knew there was some reflux going on and there were also some symptoms that you just really wanted to kind of alleviate. How about you, Jenna? Uh, she was diagnosed with allergies more than anything. Mm -hmm. um, we definitely noticed the reflux or the GERD, uh, whichever she may have. We never had that diagnosed. We went to an allergist and had her tested for allergies and she is allergic to dairy, wheat, and soy. Um, so we just cut all of that out of our diet before 
it got any worse. Okay. So. And about what, what time did you do that? How old was um, how old was your baby? Um, she was about six weeks, I think, when we had her tested. Okay. Yeah, six to eight weeks, somewhere around there, and has done drastically better since we cut <laughs> everything out. <laughs> how about you, Liz? Yeah, um, my pediatrician just said it sounds like silent reflux from, you know, everything that I had um, described. And I also, um, at the suggestion of some good friends um, who had gone through it, read a book called Colic Solved. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was really helpful for me in kind of figuring out what was kind of going on with her. So I didn't get a formal diagnosis, but um, just, I mean, cutting out dairy within five days, it was like I had a new child. (laughs) You know, she was suddenly just calm and smiled at us for the first time. And now she's telling us. (laughs) We have both babies in here now, Catherine. (laughs) I hear. They sound great. They are. Catherine, um, have you heard of that book, Colic Solved, before? Yes, by Dr. Brian Vardabadian. Okay. He's a good guy, yep. Okay, fantastic. Well, when we come back, we will discuss with Catherine some common causes for reflux symptoms as well as helpful remedies for reflux and GERD. We'll be right back. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Well, welcome back to the show. We're here with Catherine Watson-Jenna, an international board certified lactation consultant in private practice in New York City. And so, Catherine, what are some common causes for these symptoms of reflux and GERD symptoms in breastfed babies? Sure. There, there seem to be about three things. One thing is uh, swallowing difficulties. Sometimes mom has a fast flow or baby has a tight tongue, and those can lead the baby to have difficulty swallowing comfortably, and that'll make the baby cry. And because the baby is upset and their nervous system is overactivated, that'll cause more spitting up. So, so that's one set of things. So feeding problems are one set of things that can cause this kind of behavior. As we talked about a few minutes ago, allergy is another big, big issue. Um, with babies who are allergic, often they have a rash like eczema or they have a spit up that's the consistency of egg whites. It's mucusy, and doctors call that mucus emesis. Um, and those are two really reliable uh, signs that the baby is having allergy difficulties. With eczema, it's your standard type of allergy, your IgE-mediated allergy. And for the mucosemesis, it's usually something newly discovered called a T-cell-mediated allergy. Is that something that you can test for? Yes, doctors can test for it. Um, The easiest way to test for it is an elimination challenge diet. Uh, Just what uh, Liz and Jenna were talking about, take away the thing that you think might be bothering your baby. Uh, Cow milk is a really big um, allergen. Soy is another thing, especially in moms who are vegetarian and eat a lot of soy. That's a, a big potential allergen. If you take away the biggest allergen and your baby's suddenly happy a day or two or three or four or five later, 
and then you add it back a few weeks later and the baby's upset again or sick again or crying again, um, that's a pretty good sign that, that that's what your baby is having difficulty with. And if, if it's harder to pin down, if there are more things the baby's allergic to or if the baby is seriously ill, like refusing to eat and losing weight, then, uh, you know, there are medical tests that can be done as well. Okay. Something we did with our son, too. He was a little bit older, but we did some muscle testing um, with an osteopath in San Diego. And so that helped us kind of pinpoint a few things to try to eliminate first and then um, before we started adding them back into his diet to see how he reacted to it. Okay. So what what are some measures that mothers can take when, they, for example, the two moms in the studio, they, they eliminated foods from their diet, their babies did significantly better, but they were still having some, some significant fussy periods. What, what are your favorite measures, Catherine, for helping soothe these symptoms? Well, one thing you can do is, is Dr. Tina Smiley's new trick. If babies seem to be a little bit fussy, especially for moms who seem to be milk goddesses and make lots <laughs> of milk, um, she, she calls it doing the breast milk shake. What you do is you kind of shake and massage the breast for a few seconds before nursing to knock the fat off of the duct walls and put it back into the milk so the baby gets a good balance of fat and sugar in their milk. And that's one trick that uh, that can be really cool. Um, as you said, the elimination diet, but remember to challenge. Uh, Dr. Arvola, who's a, a researcher in Italy, uh, studied babies with uh, blood in the stool as one of the signs of an irritated gut. And uh, they recommended very strongly that mothers challenge because only about 18% of the babies turned out to have uh, cow milk allergy. The rest just had some sort of low-level infection. And they did, they actually did cultures and they were able to identify the germ the baby was just barely sick with. And that was causing the little bit of fussiness or the, uh, the little bit of blood in the stool, which often goes along with reflux too. Okay. How about um, things like gripe water and stuff like that? Do you know much about those? Yeah, it's way better not to give babies any of those things. Um, most of most gripe waters and things contain sugars, and the sugar in mom's milk is special. It's lactose, and it's a really great fuel for the brain, but it's also a really great fuel for healthy bacteria in the baby's gut. When we give them different kinds of sugars, bacteria that are not so good can can grow in their belly and make them feel even worse. Uh, in fact, some of the other um, studies have shown that babies that are cranky or babies that seem to have GI problems don't have as many good bacteria in their gut. So ex exclusive, exclusive breastfeeding is, is really helpful so that babies have the, those normal healthy germs in their belly. Okay. How about probiotics? Yeah, that's what we're talking about. Now, the probiotics that are sold are just like one bacteria, one strain, whereas breast milk causes hundreds of different good things to grow in the baby's tummy. Um, there's, the, there's the best evidence for a strain called Lactobacillus reuteri, um, but I understand that they've stopped making the infant powder, and that's just <laughs> oh. something that I read yesterday. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, so so there are just you know there are just uh, pills 
and liquids that have other things that we really don't want to be giving babies. Okay. Ladies, um, besides removing dairy and soy and gluten, Jenna, for you, um, what, what other measures have you tried to remedy your baby's reflux symptoms and what do you feel has worked the best? Jenna, how about you first? Uh, we had her evaluated for a tongue tie and yeah. a lip tie, and we ended up having her tongue tie clipped. Um, and we have decided not to to laser or clip her lip tie. Um, but that just knowing that there was a structural difficulty helped a lot. I think we've floated her in a bath with lavender oil. We have tried the gripe wider. Um, we baby wear all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, we take away stimulation just so that she doesn't get necessarily as worked up about whatever is causing her issues. Uh, we feed her before she cries. I've noticed that she, if she does cry, she gets a lot more of the spit up and a lot more of the reflux that comes up into her throat because she's so over, over tired and over hungry. And um, we tried probiotics as well. Um, trying to think of all of the different things that we've done. (laughs) Jenna, you brought up a very important point that when babies have anything that's causing them pain or discomfort, that they tend to, their nervous system tends to get ramped up and the carrying and the gentle handling, all of those things help to normalize that nervous system activation again. So that's really important stuff that you're doing for her. <laughs> She's a very good mom. <laughs> Liz, how about you? What what worked best for you, do you think? Yeah, echoing a lot of what Jenna um, said, um, baby wearing has been life-saving. I mean, in the beginning, she would cry unless I put her in the wrap. And um, she would only uh, go to sleep if uh, um, I put her in the cradle position hold. Um, I did a front wrap cross carry and a woven wrap and a cradle position hold so uh, at feeding her at an incline um breastfeeding and then she would fall right asleep within minutes whereas if I tried to um you know rock her with a nursing pillow or something she just would scream um for an hour straight but I just you know over time and uh, trial and error that worked the best for us Um, uh, We also um, went ahead and put her into um, a convertible car seat in her car um, pretty early. So she was only eight or nine pounds, and we put her in the larger car seat because it had a better incline, like more upright. Mm -hmm. Um, And definitely keeping her upright as much as possible, especially after feedings, and try to offer smaller, more frequent feedings. Those are the evidence-based, you know, those are the evidence-based strategies. All the studies of normal reflux show that giving the baby shorter feedings, feed more frequently, hold them upright after feeding, uh, and and avoid cigarette smoke exposure. That's another big reflux trigger. Um, But, no, you're doing all the right things for her. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I know. It's good to hear. Um, Catherine, um, acid blockers, Zantac, um, Liz had mentioned, Prevacid, Prilosec, all of these things are often a remedy recommended by pediatricians. Do you find that these help? Because the moms that I've worked with tend to find that they do reduce some of the symptoms. Um, But it sounds more like really looking at food allergens would probably be, you know, the wisest choice in the beginning. What are your thoughts on these medications? Yeah, the the acid blockers are really unproven in babies. Anything you give a baby that that tastes 
good may be distracting for them and calm them temporarily. So that's why I think a lot of moms have positive experiences with things like cimethicone, the gas drops that really don't do anything clinically, but since they're sugary and and they have flavor, they distract the baby for a bit. Um, So, you know, nursing often will do the same thing. Uh, The big problem with the the proton pump inhibitors, the brand, brand new, really expensive reflux drugs, is they actually increase the number of acid pumps in the cells while you're taking these drugs. Your, your body says, oh, no, my acid pumps aren't working. I have to make more. And so mm-hmm. when you take the baby off those medicines, or the same thing happens with adults, they have 30 to 50% more acid. No way. <laughs> and they don't prevent the gut damage from happening. Okay. So they don't prevent the GERD, the, the, the disease part of reflux in babies that have allergies. Okay. So those are big problems. Okay. So what would be your biggest recommendations then? Looking for food to see if there's some sort of intolerance going on as one of your first recommendations? Yeah. See a lactation consultant first and rule out the tongue-tie. Tongue-tie sure. is a big, a big reason why many babies might have swallowing problems or may have difficulty getting enough milk. Either either, either of those things will make the baby cry a lot sure. and make the baby unhappy. Um, so we want to rule out feeding problems. And once we've ruled out or fixed feeding problems, if the baby's still unhappy, and especially if they have rashes or if they have uh, that mucousy egg white texture spit up, then we want to get them to the doctor and find whatever they may may be allergic to. And uh, if a baby is losing weight or refusing to eat, we want to use a doctor and a lactation consultant together to try to solve those problems. Okay. How about the spit up that's curdly? (laughs) That's normal. That just means that it was down there getting digested. It came from a little lower in in the stomach. Yeah, my kids were infamous for those, and I, I was like a walking, smelly mess for months. Yes. Of oh, gosh. So, and so about spit up, um, you had mentioned, you know, three or four times is pretty normal. Um, mm-hmm. when, does, when does spit up become worrisome? You had mentioned the projectile, for example. Right. When a baby cries, refuses to eat, and when you do persuade them to eat, they throw up across the room. That could be that they have a, a condition that uh, the, the lower valve in the stomach is tightening up. It's called pyloric stenosis, and that's a surgical emergency. It's very rare in babies who never got any formula. Okay. Um, another couple of uh, research studies just showed that it's extremely rare in, in exclusively breastfed babies. Uh-huh. I think uh, having one bottle of formula increased the risk fivefold. Oh my goodness, that's amazing! Yeah. Wow. Wow. <laughs> well, that you've given us such fantastic information today, Catherine. So th- thank you so so much for sharing this incredibly invaluable resources about reflux and GERD in the breastfed baby, and for our panelists for sharing their experiences. We've learned so much from you as well. Um, For all of our Boob Group Club members, our conversation will continue after the end of this show as Catherine will discuss if reflux and GERD is on the rise in infants or if it's just being
being overdiagnosed and overtreated. Uh, for more information about the Boob Group Club, please visit our website at theboobgroup.com. Thanks for having me, Robin. Here's a question from one of our listeners. This is from Christine Wood Schilling. Dear Boob Group, I'm looking for some advice. My exclusively breastfed three-month-old refuses bottles. He doesn't like pacifiers. He's not even a thumb sucker. I've had others, my husband and the siblings, try to bottle feed him. I've tried several different bottles and no luck. I even started using a nipple shield to get him used to the feeling of a bottle, and he's fine with that, but absolutely refuses bottles. Please help. Hi, Christine Woodschilling. This is Andrea Blanco, International Board Certified Lactation Consultant. Bottles can be tricky, especially with such a smart baby. While there are different tricks you can employ, oftentimes it's just a crapshoot to see what works. Start with trying different bottle teats and placing them in a cup of your breast milk for a few hours and then offering the bottle with the breast milk soaked tea. Uh, Always have someone else offer the bottle while you are not home. Try breastfeeding-like positions, and if that doesn't work, try the opposite, positions where baby is not at all similar to a breastfeeding position. Sometimes a change of scenery can help, so attempting bottle feeding in the backyard, for instance, may yield results. Lots of patience, understanding, and maybe just a little bit of time. At four months, you may be able to introduce a sippy cup instead of a bottle, and the baby may react better to that. Good luck! So this wraps up our show for today. We appreciate you listening to The Boob Group. Don't forget to check out our sister shows, Preggy Pals for Expecting Parents, and our show Parent Savers for moms and dads with newborns, infants, and toddlers. Coming up next week, we have Abby from The Badass Breastfeeder discussing how to become a badass public breastfeeder. Thanks for listening to The Boob Group, your judgment-free breastfeeding resource. This has been a new mommy media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.